Hey, welcome everybody in to the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. This is episode six. Unfortunately, it is titled Texas Handles the Tide. Today is uh, November the 12th. It is Tuesday. Again, you might be listening to this on 95.5 out of uh, Hackleburg, Alabama. September the 12th, by the way. What'd I say? November. (laughs) Wow. I'm desperately wanting the season to be over. (laughs) Sorry about that. It, It is, in fact, September the 12th. And uh, if you're listening on 95.5, thank you. And thank you, Huddy, for putting us on. It'd be, if, if you are, it's Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. And if you're going to go watch Bama play today, you better hop on a private jet because we kick off at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central. So enough about that. Uh, Tom, unfortunately, like I said, unfortunately, the, the, this episode is entitled Texas Handles the Tide. There was no joy in Mudville. Um, uh, once, hold up, first, I, I'm all over the place tonight. I'm JT along with Tom. Tom, say hello. Yeah, hello. Okay. All right, <laughs> and I don't know, like, we, the music leading into the podcast is added later. Tom adds that. I never hear it. So I, I'm guessing that he's sticking with uh, the uh, the song off the movie Rockstar. But it, I... I it would be appropriate if he played taps because that's the way I'm feeling right now. But you've got commentary, and like you said, off air, it's going to kind of roll into the game. So take it away, and I'm going to I'm going to get a stiff drink. Yeah, you're going to need one after I get through ranting. <laughs> um. So so yeah, I the, told JT when we first uh, started talking a while ago. Well, actually, I, I told him on Sunday. I said I don't want to talk about the game until we get to the podcast. I didn't want to sort of taint what he may or may not respond to what I had to say. But uh, this is a unique situation, in my opinion, that we're in right now. Something that hasn't happened during the Saban era. And I know that there's been a lot of talk the last few days and it's been all over the place uh a lot of people didn't like Saban's his interviews after the game during the game halftime pregame they didn't like him scheduling ongoing Thursday night guest appearances uh during the season there there's a lot of scuttlebutt on Saban has lost his fire uh, there's there's a lot of scuttlebutt about him not being as tough on the players as he used to be. Those may or may not have merits. I don't know. There's a lot of talk about dynasties being over, beginning of the end, that sort of thing. And yes, we've we've been through this talk before, and we always beat it back with the the traditional rigmarole because of this dynasty has been declared dead several years and I am not ready to declare it dead now there and there's no shot I mean Saban's too good he's got too much talent in there he recruits very well there's just too much in the cupboard to sit here and say that the dynasty's dead I will say this This season, in my opinion, I'm not sure is recoverable. Wow. And I, yeah, I'm, I am 
I'm probably one of the more optimistic Tide fans that you'll see. On this and podcast, you are the most optimistic of the two. <laughs> de- definitely on this podcast. Uh, I, I definitely take that that crown. But I was thinking about this. I mean, it just immediately sprung to mind after the game. JT and I actually watched a game together this weekend in the stadium. We were there. 50-yard uh, line. A, a first, uh, first-hand experience in, in the beatdown. And uh, it was not good. And, and what I started thinking about or trying to contemplate was and I'll let you chime in here a little bit before I kind of give you some some realistic stats on this matter. But you know when when was the last time that you can remember that we were handled in that manner? Oh gosh, I hadn't really thought about it that way, and and that is why I hate going to games because I get to work yesterday, and Eli and other other people that, at work that I talk uh, football with, they're like, "Well, did you do you remember this? Do you remember that?" I'm like, "No." I mean, because you see it one time, you get a replay on our many jumbotrons, and then the, the then it's over. You don't get replay. You know, coming out of commercial, sometimes they'll replay a key play, like the fumble that wasn't. Uh, I I don't know how that wasn't a fumble. I, I rewatched it, you know, on YouTube and. You know the one I'm talking about. I guess Texas' first drive, and it was a catch. I think the thing's a fumble in the NFL, but let, let me get back to your question. I guess the last time we got handled was was Clemson 2018 with Trevor Lawrence, but I, I felt like that was just – we played our worst. To answer your question truthfully, the last time I felt this bad about just getting beat was uh, 2014 Ohio State where we were clearly not the better team, not the more physical team, not the faster team, not the better coach team on the field. That is a, that is a really good answer. It really is. And I, and I went so far cuz I didn't want to miss anything. And it's because we've lost so few of times, I don't feel like what I'm fixing to run down is going to take up as much time as as people might think but i wanted to just recap really quick our losses in the saban area starting from or ending in 2008 i'm going to start now and go backwards and of course we, we know what we just got on saturday but last year we had two regular season losses both on the road by three points and one point to tennessee and lsu respectively both ended up in the top 10 i believe in 21 we lost by three points on the road to Texas A&M and then made the championship game, the NCAA championship game, and lost to Georgia in a game where the final score was not indicative of the game. We, no. we led that game 18-13 to 13 in the second half. And, in and the Georgia fourth quarter. 20 unanswered. Yeah, in yeah, the fourth quarter. Four, that's correct. That's correct. Uh, 2020, we didn't drop any. Won the title. 2019... We lost by five points to LSU's Joe Burrow and three points at Auburn without Tua. Okay, both both competitive, highly competitive games. In 2018, we lost no games in the regular season, but Clemson, by score, was very lopsided. It beat us 44 to 16 in the final. Although we led that game 16 to 14 with the first drive of the second half, and then. Clemson scored 30 unanswered. 
It's a little bit of a trend. If you, so, if you, solid work. Well, Georgia scored 20 unanswered in 21. Yeah. Uh, 18, Clemson scored 30 unanswered. Texas scored, uh, what, 20 unanswered? or uh, No, something. they weren't unanswered. We well, got one late but, back to yeah, get it they, to 10. They, but, but they went on a run. Uh, they yeah. milked the clock. 7.34 off the clock to end the game. How embarrassing. Yeah. Go ahead. Continue. In 17, we lost – by 12 to Auburn in the game that didn't mean anything, although we led, led that game 14 to 10, we won the national championship that year. In 16, we lost zero regular season games, lost by four to Clemson in the finals. In 15, we lost by six to Ole Miss to Manziel in the in the regular season, or, or not Manziel, but uh, who was our quarterback in Ole Miss that year? it was yeah, Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, but and we but we won the title that year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fourteen was the game that the year that you were talking about. We lost zero games in the regular season. We were undefeated when we played Ohio State in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, and, and I agree that that game was only a seven point game, but it felt it felt more distant than that the way the game went. In thirteen, which was the last year of the BCS, so from thirteen back to eight, these are all BCS years. We lost by six to Auburn. And the reason I say BCS years, I want to point that out, and I know we get roasted for this all the time about uh, bowl games and them not mattering and that sort of stuff. But when you are when you used to play in the national title game, it's hard to get up for a, a, non, a game that doesn't mean a lot. I mean, it's just tough. Oh, but yeah. we lost a six at Auburn in 13 that kept us out of the championship game. We were undefeated going in, and then that was the year we lost 14 at Oklahoma. And then in 2012, that was when Manziel beat us. Uh, we lost a five in the regular season. Manziel won the national championship. In 11, we lost a three in LSU in the game of the century and won the national championship in the rematch. In 10, we lost by 14 at South Carolina in regular season. Lost by three at LSU and lost by two at Auburn. And a lot of people claim that was one of the most talented teams not ever Dude, won the I, 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 I'm glad you said that because, Tom, to this day, I put that 10 team up against a lot of teams. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, Marcel Darius, Julio Jones, Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson – um, Greg McElroy as a fourth year, fifth year senior, I guess. I mean that we had some great players, but as you're probably gonna, I, I won't spoil, I won't steal your thunder. Continue. Well, I mean, notice that in 2010, I had to go back 13 years before we lost three games. Yeah. Uh, 2009, we lost a zero, won the national championship, and then 2008 was the first year of the run where we were undefeated going into the uh, SEC championship game. Tim Tebow beat us. And then we lost to Utah in the Sugar Bowl. So, in all out of all those games, the recaps of the losses, and and that's amazing that I just went back, you know, fourteen years, fifteen years, and it only took me about three minutes to recap all our losses. <laughs> uh, but in all that time, first, we've never had a regular season loss. Uh, that was more than 14 points, and that was Carolina. We've only had two more than 10. One was 12 to Auburn, and we won the national title that year, and 10, uh, 14 to Carolina, which we just talked about in regular season. Everything else has been just a very tight game that we've won back and forth. 
crazy stuff happen. I mean, I can remember the old Miss balls deflecting off helmets and people score, and the Auburn returning, you know, field or miss field goals for touchdowns. LSU letting us miss five or six field goals in one game. A uh, and M last year, where what are we doing? Twenty penalties in the game. I mean. stuff goes crazy in a lot of those games like it sets up perfectly for the opponent they have to have all the magic go their way and it's still a just a dog fight like they need every lucky break they can get and it's still questionable whether they can even win the game and these are these are the teams too that when they beat us are considered some of the best teams of of those schools histories I mean, look down through there. Burrow, Manziel, Auburn with Newton and and that other cat that can run like the wind. I mean, these teams that beat us are considered some of those all-time greatest teams for these schools, but these all-time greatest teams didn't handle Alabama. They they didn't. They needed everything in the book to go their way to get a win at the buzzer, to get the lucky break at the end, to do whatever it happened, to just barely eke out a win. And then we fast forward to this year. Hex has handled us Saturday, which is the reason that I, I named the podcast Handles the Tide. They handled us. They handled us on the offensive line. They handled us on the defensive line. They obviously played better in their secondary in which we touted their secondary going in. I knew it was going to be a little bit of a tough order, but, you know, Milrow threw the two picks. We'll recap the game specifically here in a minute, but the point that I'm making is that in the Saban tenure since 2008, and keep in mind, we have still nailed down either the number one or number two ranked recruiting class in the last four years running, I believe. Uh, So, there's not been a drop-off in appearances of talent. Obviously, everybody doesn't always pan out the way their uh, ratings are in high school. But something is amiss, and, and, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, we're, we're two games into a season. This could be the greatest Texas team to ever hit the field. They didn't look that way against Rice. No. But could be. Defensively, they looked solid against Rice. Offensively, they struggled in the first half to to score touchdowns. They kicked a lot of field goals. They still scored on four possessions, I think, in the first half, maybe five, four or five possessions in the first half. So that's still moving the ball. And then then they cranked it up in the second half and pulled away pretty good. But still, the only – the only help we get in this matter is if Texas is fielding one of the better teams in 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 history. I say in history. That doesn't have to be in history, but one of the better teams at least this season. Because that is a monumental task to go into a top five team tied who has the resume that I just went through for fifteen years and completely dominate them. I mean we were dominated Saturday. I'm just there's we were lucky to take the lead, in my opinion, in the third quarter. Now, when we took the lead, I thought we things were going to go our way. But from that point forward, I mean, we were truly dominated on both sides of the ball and in the coaching boxes. Yeah. And for that reason, you know, again, unless Texas is the best thing since sliced bread this year, 
we we're in a lot of trouble this season. A lot of trouble. Well, I'm glad that you went back all the way to 2008. I just went I just went back to 2019, and I, that's where I'll start off with. Well, I'm gonna I I I will segue into what I want to talk about next, but. What you just closed with is if if Texas is the you know if if they're at the end of the year if they're twelve and zero if they're eleven and one and of course they have the championship game you know championship weekend if they go into there eleven and one twelve and zero and their closest game is ten points to Bama I'll feel a lot different like if we could look in a crystal ball regardless of what Bama d- decides to do at quarterback regardless of how we come together as an offense a defense a special teams have very big hats off to special teams by the way that was the highlight of the the game for us unfortunately you know but if you could just look into a crystal ball right now or, or rub a lamp and get a genie to come out and ask it one question what is Texas's record going into December? And he says uh, eleven and one, twelve and zero. Oh. I'm going to feel totally different. But that's the biggest unknown since 2010. What I'm sorry, the 2009 season when we beat them in the the 2010 BCS championship game. I look back at their record. Their least amount of losses per year has been three. They've had losing records a number of years, and and I think that's what is irritating so bad right now is we don't. They're the unknown. Last year. Tennessee was absolutely rolling when they beat us. And like you said, it was a close game. LSU went on to win the West, okay? In 2021, A&M, I don't remember the record. It was kind of flukish that they beat us. I mean, everything just went their way. Georgia was the second loss. They won the national title. In 2019, LSU, they had the Heisman-winning quarterback. They won the national title. Auburn beat us by three or whatever with uh, when we didn't have a – you know, we were playing Mac Jones, who at that time – was not the Mac Jones that would show up in 2020. So I don't, I didn't feel bad about any of those six losses I just mentioned. Uh, last year, LSU is probably the weakest team that beat us because we just, we went right down the field and threw an interception end zone. But Texas, if they do, if Texas acts like the Texas from last year, the year before, the year before, and December 1st, they are nine and three, they're eight and four. That's, it's not good. You know, it's not going to be good at all. And I, I, I can jump around so much. I mean, we're kind of on the game. We're kind of into the game right now. So let's just go ahead and talk about, well, no, I, I'll let you bring up quarterbacks and then I'll give my analogy. But like you said, I, I've got four or five bullet points here. Uh, offensive line, how often did you hear that, oh, we've got we, – our average weight on the offensive line is 340 or 350, whatever it is. Like, we were bragging about that. And, well, I mean, we got dominated. We can't run downhill. We said that – we heard that joyless murder ball was going to return. Well, it didn't return. I mean, they were in the backfield all night. We got a guy – we got a quarterback who specializes in getting away from pressure, and he got sacked three or four times. Two and, interceptions? And I heard the same, yeah, I, I have the same stuff noted here that we heard a lot of that in the preseason. We're, we're bringing the toughness back this year. We're yeah, getting back to yeah. physical Bama football. We're going to make their ass quit. We're going to be the hard-nosed team that nobody wants to play. Uh, and, and and you're right. that None of that happened. None of it. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, we, we talked about – you talked about seasons from 2008. I like how you left out 2007 because that season obviously didn't count. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Uh, 
But let's talk about let's talk about a game. I've, I said the offensive line is very suspect. I mean, they they're in the backfield all day. We couldn't generate a, a good rushing attack. So let's talk about the defense. We talked about games from 2021, 2022, 2019 that we lost. Let's talk about a game in 2021 that we won where at Auburn, okay? We finished that game with 388 yards of offense. I assume that takes into account every snap of the game. I know it does, okay? We moved the ball in overtime 25 yards once because we scored a touchdown. The other time we moved it a few yards and kicked the field goal. Then after that, it was all it was the two point conversion. Uh, you know, ball snapped at the three or whatever. So that means going into uh, we got 97 yards on our final drive. So we after with about a minute whatever it was left, a minute and a half left. We had about 260 yards of offense. We were 8 of 28 on third downs. We allowed seven sacks, 11 tackles for loss. Do you know who the defensive coordinator was in that game for Auburn? It was Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele. What does Auburn do at Auburn when they play Alabama? Yeah, they they hit hard. They They play play like their hair is on fire. That's the best analogy I've ever heard. I've heard it my whole life. That's all I want. Like with basketball, when basketball season's here, we're a football school. I want to shoot threes. I want to get up down the court. I want to have a good time and and hopefully win some games, and we've got that right now. On defense, all I ask is to play like your freaking hair is on fire. We've got the talent. If we got the effort that Saturday that that Auburn got from their team in 2021 because they were very undermanned on defense – we, we could have easily won that game because, I mean, we got three pressures on uh, on Quinn Ewers. I remember one was on third down. He had to move up in the pocket, and he threw it to a wide-open receiver, and he overthrew him because pressure. Pressure. We got zero sacks on him. He is not fleet of foot. He is he is somewhere between Peyton Manning and Jalen Milrow in speed, and he's much more toward on the bell curve, much closer to Peyton Manning than he is to Jalen Milrow. Just very, very frustrated with the defense. But did, did you see that video of the Texas guy throwing our our guy to the ground? Yeah, yeah, I saw Reggie Raglan retweeted it or responded to it. Yeah, did, we didn't retaliate. So that that sums up your defensive effort yes. right there. Yes, I mean, I if, mean if you're gonna have the dog mentality, if you're gonna have the you're gonna make them quit menta- mentality, the joy joyless murder ball mentality. You're not going to sit there with your hands on your hips and watch another Texas guy who's almost twice as big as the guy he's on and just throw him to the ground after the play, and they just look over like, you know, huh, he's throwing our guy around. Do you know what the Reggie Raglins of the world would have done there? <laughs> See, I, I was going to say, what would Rolando McClain have done? Oh, my Lord. I he, mean, he, he might have been... gone, his, He might have gone the last Boy Scout and pulled out a pistol from his pants. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean you know, it, it was like they just didn't care no i know i know it, and you can say you can say nil you can say this that and the other but you know what there's still guys out there that care if they win or lose there's a lot of them out there and maybe we do. just don't have them on our team i don't know i think we do i think saban has has like you said the recruiting ranking something's happened because we've been one we've been top three since 2008 and we've had a lot of good players come through we've got the most nfl players i can remember when 
uh, Jimmy Stein and uh, and Luke off of uh, Talking Tuscaloosa, the or whatever it is now. They're part of the Locked On podcast. That's what it is. You know, Jimmy couldn't wait till we got 53 players in the NFL. That means technically we had an entire football roster. We've got 60 now or some, some odd. You know, we, we're over 53, have been over 53 for a while. So the recruiting hadn't e- – either the, the services have gone to pot, they shill for Bama, or we're not developing players. And I don't know which is what. I mean, like I said a number of times on this podcast, I watch the ball, dude. When the ball snapped, I watch the ball. So – yeah, well, yeah. here there there are two huge things that in the game Saturday that I thought were glaring on the defense. It's just glaring. I mean, first off, like you had already mentioned, the hurries that we got on Ewers, we end up with zero sacks and only two tackles for a loss in that game. Zero and two. Do you know what Texas numbers were? Uh, they had four sacks and I'm going to say seven tackles for loss. Five and nine. And you've already made this point. Ewers has got the speed of, of me in a cast. Uh, and conversely on our side, we've got a guy that runs a four, four forty or whatever it is. Wouldn't you think it would be tougher to get to the four, four guy? And get him down, uh, particularly with the, like you said, the the offensive line that's going to start running over people and and taking control of the games, and the defensive line that's mad about it and physical and joyous murder ball. You would have thought that at least it would have been more even, at yeah. least. Yeah. But that that was glaring for both sides both sides of our ball. The offensive line give up that many. The defensive line didn't do anything, and we we harped on this, or I did mentally, and I've harped on it for a day or two now. If you go back and look, and I hadn't seen the replay, it's hard for me to watch replays after a game like that. But at least in real time, at least in real time, when I was watching it, I don't think they blitz very much. I think they showed blitz almost every play so that they didn't know which four defenders were coming, but most of the time they just rushed four and they mm-hmm. had a middle linebacker spying on Milro. Yeah. Is that what you noticed the whole time? Yeah, that's what I heard from various people is that they got to us with four, sometimes with three. How embarrassing is yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, that's what I saw the whole game. I kept looking. I'm like, they're not even blitzing. They're they're just taking four, 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 four. And those four, after one step, they have pushed our guys into the backfield, into the pocket. And, and you know, and all that ain't on Milrow. I'm not, I'm not sitting here. We haven't got into the quarterback yet, and I'm not here to Milrow bash from that respect. But, by gosh, giving giving at least some help, but they were getting manhandled. Three those defensive linemen for Texas were manhandling us. I mean, there's just no two ways around it. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell you what, when you when you lose a game because your offensive line had four false starts and they kept putting you in a hole, or you lose a game because your left tackle had three holding calls in critical situations. Or you lose a game when you got a chop block in the bass, you know, a bad spot in the field or whatnot. Those are errors that can be re- corrected. 
those are things that you work on and, and you make sure that you don't lose those mental errors. You don't correct being manhandled. No, correct. That's, that's the Jimmys and Joes of the game. If you're not good enough to sit there and protect from five and six players to stop three or four players, and you've been in the weight room all summer and you've been on the top of every recruiting chart for the last year or two, if you can't do that, you're not going to become able to do that later in the year. You're not. I mean, you're just not. You, 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 you're creating a ceiling for yourself very early on if you don't have the physical tools to play the game. And that's no knock on them. I mean, I say that's no knock on them. It's a knock on them. But sometimes that's the way it is. I mean, you can't expect to win games if you don't have the best talent on the field. And that's what Saban has thrived on for, for all these years. Particularly, and we'll get into this here in a few minutes too, particularly when you're when you're not out coaching the other team, when you're not out scheming them, because that's what happened Saturday. It, it looked like we lined up with a game plan that said, our players are more talented than your players, our players are stronger than your players, our players are faster than your players, and we don't have to do much but go out there and play, you know, ABC football, and you throw that out the window. Yeah. You know oh, – I for- before before I let you go, I forgot. I said there were two glaring things. The the last thing I'll say, and it's very quick because it's, it's such an embarrassing stat. And, and I mentioned it last week about Dallas Turner not having a lot of a lot of impact in the Middle Tennessee State game. Whether that was because there was a lot of other players playing or, or getting there and you know and he's just doing his job or whatever the thing is you would have thought he would have showed out middle tennessee state last week he had one solo tackle that was the same number of solo tackles that Jalen milro had <laughs> that's a that is embarrassing stat that well, is an embarrassing stat since you let's let's break into the quarterback and uh there's been rumors all week that that uh ty simpson was the guy because here quickly okay so we walk off the field january 2021 we have just won the national title we have smoked ohio state mac jones hands bryce young the ball the game ball lets him have it and says here you know I, i want you to have this i think at that point saban knew what we had with bryce young do you agree so I mean, he was yeah, he was a freshman and he played mop up duty, but you know you can see the same way with Tua. We knew what we had with Tua before he ever stepped on the field uh, in a meaningful role, and we I think we knew what we had with Bryce. Well, obviously after that, Saban knew. Okay, I got two years of Bryce. So from January of 2021 until Labor Day of 2023, what the hell have we been doing? Yeah, it, you, you mentioned this in the preseason. I thought it was one of the best points that you made was why hasn't Milrow already won the job when there was such a quarterback controversy? I mean, he'd been in the system for two or three. Why Why wasn't it already clear-cut that he was the man? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so and one of, so rumors about Ty Simpson was uh, – Ty Simpson looked really good, but it's kind of – sounds like uh, practices a lot Tarzan, plays like Jane. And – 
there's a rumor that Buckner's got a lot of reps to the ones. And then there's a rumor that Jalen Milrow, that the players, the, if Saban didn't start Milrow, that we would, he would lose the locker room. If that's the case, then, then it's time to go. And I'll say that about any coach, dude. If you can't – if the locker room is going to be lost based on one player and you've got the – you've got the uh, – the clout that Nick Saban has, Saban, and like I said, it is a rumor. But let's let's dis, let's suspend belief right now, and let's say that that rumor is somewhat true. Okay, let's say that the players like have been mumbling, "If Milrow don't start, blah blah blah. If Milrow don't start, blah blah blah." Well, and let's say Saban is caved. I don't believe this to be true. That's a disclaimer out there. But let's just say it is. Okay, sometimes you just have to show people. You just got to show them the facts. Okay. So, Milrow had five touchdowns. He accounted for five touchdowns against Middle Tennessee State. All right. Let me go to softball. I used to coach travel, I used to coach travel softball. And you, you're familiar with it. Some people listen to this podcast are familiar with it. If you're not, quickly, you, uh, you pay to play. You pick your own players. You travel like around here. You know, you'll, go, you'll, you'll play a tournament in South Haven, Mississippi. You'll play in Tupelo, Mississippi. You'll play in Coleman, Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama. And it's a weekend. It's a, it, you pay $250, and you're guaranteed three games. It's a two, two, game, two pool games, which don't count. And then it goes to single elimination. So you can play – I mean, we've played as many as seven games when we've made the finals and won the tournament. But you're guaranteed three, okay? So like I said, the two pool games are they're, – they're throwaway games. They're, they're just – you pay the 250, we're going to give you three games. So you can – what you do in pool, what most people do in pool, is they play their lesser players because it keeps mom and daddy happy because, like I said – they are taking off of they're, – they're burning Saturdays in the spring and in the fall so junior can play travel softball. They've paid money. They're getting hotel rooms. So, you know, you don't want to go sit the bench. So, we're playing 10U. This was, I don't know, gosh, Tori's 20 now. This, so, this is 10, 9, 10 years ago. And I've got a kid who is a pitcher, and she's what you call a pitch and sit meaning all she can do is pitch. And she's not even that good at pitching, but she can throw strikes. Okay, at 10 years old, if you run into 48, 50 miles an hour, that's a pretty good pitcher. Our ace probably threw 46, maybe 50. She was in that range. The girl I'm talking about, she probably threw 40 to 43, but she could throw strikes. And and it was great because when she pitched, our defense got work because they're darn sure going to hit it. But Mama never could figure out why – she didn't pitch a bracket game. Why does Why does my daughter just pitch first pull? Then you sit her the rest of the weekend. So I finally had to show Mama why I do what I do. So we get in a tournament. Our second pool game is against the team that is probably going to win the tournament. If it's not us, it's going to be them. And I put her out there. I pitch her, and they beat our eyeballs shut. And – I don't think, I hope that Saban didn't operate like that. But if he did, I wouldn't blame him. Because sometimes you just got to show, guy, this is why he's not playing. He has started, Jalen Milrow has started two P5 games, Texas A&M and Texas. And he's got five turnovers. And we know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening on radio, you know there should have been at least three interceptions last week. That tip ball in the end zone right before half that we caught and end up coming back because of Lyman downfield, that is an interception. I mean, that is a freaking Auburn bounce right there that we got lucky and, and end up catching it didn't count. 
But do you know, I looked at, at our drive chart in the first half, if that would have been picked as it should have been, we had five positions in the first half. If Texas would have caught that, two of our five positions would have ended in interceptions. That's just unacceptable. So I don't know I don't know the answer, but that's my feeling on the quarterback. Milrow, I'll close with this. What can, Tom, what can Milrow, with his athleticism, what can he hurt you with? Obviously, he can hurt you on the ground. With his legs. With his legs. How many design run plays did we have for him Saturday? I don't think I saw any. I don't either. I don't either. So explain that to me. We're trying to force a, a square peg into a round hole. We're trying to make him a pocket passer. I mean, it's been three years, and it's just it's just not there. Will it? Will the light bulb come on? I don't know. But but we're running out of time. Yeah, and I was very disappointed. That that goes back to the scheme thing that I, I was talking about. You know, we had a new offensive coordinator. I'm thinking, and I mentioned this, what what I say? Two weeks before the preseason, I said, or before the season started, I said, you know, they need to know who that quarterback is now because I would expect that the offense is much different with Milrow in there than it would be with Buckner or somebody else. And I was wrong because they did not tailor that offense to Milrow at all. No, uh, at all. our offense. Here's our offense, and Jalen Milrow is going to run the same thing that Tua would run, that Tom Brady would run, that uh, Kyler Murray would run. Yep, I mean it was uh, it was unbelievable to me that we didn't have a better offensive game plan in that game, defensive either, really. I mean the, the when the second half got there, the the defensive backs like they're running around with their heads cut off. They just they had no idea where they were going. Uh, yeah, and before the game last week, we, you had a key to the game. I had a key to the game. My key to the game was I said that if we got out there and had a plus one in the turnover column, I was hoping for a plus two, but a plus one, I think, gets it done. I think I said plus one gets it done, plus two, we cover going away. Mm-hmm. And we got zero. Not only did we end up with zero turnovers, we were negative two. And, and like you said, should have been negative three. And then your key to the game, you thought that time of possession was going to be a key to the game for us to, to actually go out there and, and keep the ball and have sustained drives and let those linemen who were braggadocious about being linemen, you know, handle their business. And we lost the time of possession by five minutes. Yeah. So neither key to the game that we mentioned that was in our mind something that we thought we needed to have happen to have positive outcomes. So to, uh, we were probably right because we didn't get them and we got our eyes beat out. Um, and, and then we turned right around and did ten penalties at home. You know, we go, oh, we had fifteen penalties last year, but that was on the road. That won't happen at home. Well, guess what? We had ten. We had a third less, like Tom. Two, you got to look at glass half full. We were we had a third less penalties this year. Well, the referees <laughs> at home were good for five, but you know, two of them wiped off touchdowns. We ended yeah. up with field goals on both yeah. of those drives. That was eight points right there. Eight eight points and nothing mm-hmm. but penalties. And and, and two, uh, minus two in the turnover column. We lost by ten. Our minus two turnovers led to ten points. So hypothetically. We get we get to OT with no turnovers hypothetically. Yeah, well, well, I'm not going that far because we got our eyes beat out. If 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 we had not have turned that over, Texas would have just scored quicker because because <laughs> they beat our brains out in the in the 
fourth quarter. When it was when it was third and nine, when we started calling timeouts with five minutes to go, down by ten, and it was third and nine, and we had no timeouts, and Texas just run it up the middle and just pounded it in there for ten yards. I'm like, those guys quit. Yeah, I mean, that's when I. That's when I shook your hand and bid you adieu because we we're gonna we we're gonna beat the traffic out. I was a Speaking bad fan. Speaking of adieu, that's the uh, word I use on my Wordle every morning to start off with. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, you're so, welcome. Uh, do you have any? Well, I, 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 my goal for Wordle is just like a marathon. If you run a marathon or you run an Ironman, your goal is to finish. So I just want to finish. So I've got four words, I guess, every day, the same four words that, that takes out 19 letters of the alphabet. So normally I have it on guess five, but whatever. We're not here to talk about world. <laughs> what uh, I've got three positives uh, for the game that we can uh, we can close out on a positive note, and then we're already 41 minutes in. We've yet to talk about South Florida. <laughs> so, uh, but I think I think our listeners wanted to hear our thoughts on Tennessee. I'm sorry, Texas. You know, our last year our our most listened to podcast was after the Tennessee game. So I think our listeners want to hear our thoughts on this. So um, I've got History three positives. Company. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to? L- let me say this right here. Um, back stick with the quarterback. If let's don't use Tua because he's a cheat code, as we saw yesterday or two days ago in the NFL. But let's just use let's use you can choose John Parker Wilson, you can choose Jake Coker, you can choose Greg McElroy, you can choose Jalen Hurts from 2017. Okay, if any of those guys are quarterback Saturday night, do we win the ball game? No. I, I don't think so either, and here's why. Where is – those quarterbacks I just mentioned was specifically Jalen. Uh, where, where's Smitty? Where's Najee Harris where, on this team? Where's Josh Jacobs on this team? Where's Jalen Waddle? Where's Mechie? Where's Damian Harris? Where is uh, – uh, what's his name? Uh, number four. Um, gosh, I want to say Tyler or somebody. He's from Mobile. Um, Mobile? Are you talking about Josh Jacobs? No, he's from or he's from Oklahoma. Uh, I'll think of his name in 15 minutes Jake's after the podcast was from ends. Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, you get the point. Where are the, Where's O.J. Howard? Where are those guys on offense? I don't think we have them. We may not. One thing I couldn't tell on Saturday because of where we were sitting, we were kind of low in the bowl. As a matter of fact, we were only about, what, 10 rows up or something. 10 rows so you, up. You're not able to see from an overhead view if you have guys running open. Yeah. And that's the key, you know. Are they good enough to get open? Are they good enough to get that separation? The Judys, the Mechies, the Jameson Williams – the you know the Mari Coopers those guys get created separation like nobody's business and every time you threw it to them they were open. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see a lot of that. Of course, you know the Texas guys were open when we threw it to them. I guess there's nobody around them. But uh, th- that's one thing you couldn't tell Saturday. Maybe, maybe maybe they're better. You know you know with a better quarterback maybe they are hitting receivers that are open. I don't. I I need to see the game. I didn't. I didn't look at it again. So yeah. I, I'll, T- I'll withhold condemnation on that one. T.J. Yeldon. That's who I was looking for. Uh, All right. So let let me close with three positives. You can add whatever. Then we'll break into Alabama, South Florida. 
So the positives we led in the fourth quarter. That is, you know, we we as bad as we feel like we played, we had the lead in the fourth quarter, which shows you we we are capable of playing with a team and therefore thereby beating a team that the quality of Texas. And we've kind of already talked about this. If Texas is the top team, if we get to championship weekend, they're 11 and 1, 12 and 0. And, uh, you know, there's a good chance that we will be their closest game. We lost by 10. I know they could have run it up to 17 if they'd like to, but they didn't. So we lost it by 10 early in the year. And I said, if this game was game five, and we're very hard on Bama. I know our listeners are like, man, you guys suck, which uh, we could have told you that before you got this far in the podcast. But if you'll remember, we ranked our games, our toughest games. I had Texas one, you had them two. I had A and M two. You had A and M one. Is that correct? We had them one and two. We had them I one and two. I think vice versa, but yes. But okay. it, the consensus was they yeah. they were one point five and one point five. Yeah, this is not this is not our eighth toughest game in our mind. I mean, this was our one or two toughest game. So that's a positive. And the the last positive is the last time that the that the dynasty was dead was when we lost to LSU game three, four, five in the season in 2015. After that loss, since that loss, we have won three titles. We've played for another three, and we've had one, two, three Heisman Trophy winners. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you know, let's 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 pump the brakes on the dynasty. Yeah, no, I, I I'm certainly not in that. Again, we go nine and three, eight and four this year, which I honestly don't think is out of the realm of possibility unless they do something crazy. Uh, to turn things around but even with that that doesn't <laughs> if you think that's a dynasty killer one season you're you're out of your mind uh and, and this dynasty has we have there the average dynasty is probably seven eight years we have doubled that so if it yeah, is i don't over, even think it's that long i don't think it, it's that long you know tom brady has tom brady and nick saban have have put unrealistic expectations of people's head i mean Michael Jordan's dynasty was eight years. He won three, took two off, won three more. That's eight. That's an eight-year stretch. So we've we've doubled that. If it is over, I don't think it is. I'm like you. We just we've got to we've got to have a, an answer at quarterback, and we've got to get some more dogs playing on offense and defense. But let's go ahead and get into South Florida. And sadly, we 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 needed we needed to go into this game having figured out who our quarterback is. And I'm not sure we have because after this game, we have Ole Miss coming to Tuscaloosa and we go to Mississippi State. And I posted if we lost to Texas – this is two or three weeks ago. I posted on Totter Insider that if we lost to, to Texas that we were looking at eight and four in you know straight in the eyes and Auburn becomes losable and even Mississippi State. And I got absolutely roasted that I thought Mississippi State could beat us. It's not that far-fetched. If we're inept at quarterback, then the defense puts a huge chip in the defense's purse that they can play. You know, they can play with kind of reckless abandon. So, let's no win right now is a for-sure win outside of whoever we played the week before Auburn, I guess. I mean, even South Florida, we're favored by 32. That is – that's gutsy to favor us by that much because I feel like during this game, we got to have quarterback auditions again. Yeah, I do too, and I think this game's completely about Alabama, just 100% what what they want to do. And, you know, and I told you in the game uh, Saturday at halftime, I said, do you 
bring Milrow out to start the second half? I said, I don't. I, I fully expected to see Buckner or Simpson uh, in at quarterback to start the second half, and, and we didn't get it. And probably the worst thing that happened in that game was that opening drive. I think Milrow goes down and throws that long touchdown pass, which was a beautiful ball. It was. Um, and that that bought him the rest of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, but unfortunately, it, that wasn't enough. So I, I think Saturday's game, I don't have a lot to say about it. I think it's, you know, we've got all the talent advantages we, we need. Uh, it's kind of weird that we're on the road down here, but that's okay. Uh, I, I, th- I think it's, you're right. I think we'll, we'll have to, if, if Milrow does start, which he probably will, I think you'll see Buckner and Simpson a lot quicker than you did at middle Tennessee state. I, I think they're going to start getting some serious looks at running the first team offense rather than coming in after most of your starters are gone. Cause that's what they did in middle Tennessee state. Uh, I think we didn't see Buckner till what late third. Yeah, it was, yeah, he should have come in. He should have started the third quarter. I thought Milro got one or two series. I believe I'd have to go back and look at the yeah. tape. So, so it's completely about us, completely about us. So we'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. There's a lot. To do. I mean, I think next week's podcast about how we look against South Florida, it, it, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be very interesting. It, more more interesting than it normally would after a South Florida game. No, for sure. I, and I agree with you. It's it's we've got to get things figured out. I want to see I want to see more fire on defense and I want to see a quarterback take the bull by the horns. We knew this was happening. I mean, Saban said as much that, you know, a quarterback's got to, you know, I, I need you to make me not play you. You know, make yeah. me play you. And, and you so, know what I'd like to see too with that fire on defense comment. That's a hundred percent correct. But I'd like for them to 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 show it and not go online and talk about it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All I right, mean, so you can say you're a dog, but you show me instead of just running that trap. Yeah. All right, so we uh, this used to be the featured game to kick off the SEC season. It's kind of lost its luster. We'll talk quickly about Tennessee at Florida. Uh, after week one, I would have said Tennessee in a rope, but I don't know, man. Milton is not Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker was – he was a poor man's Tua as far as his accuracy. Man, he was so good last year. Milton is a little bit more sporadic. Florida's got some athletes. It is a night game in the swamp. Florida, uh, Tennessee's only favored by five and a half, six and a half, something like that. So – I've got a. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go with upset here. I'm gonna go with Florida. Wrong team favorite. I'm gonna go with Florida, thirty-one to uh, twenty-seven. Wouldn't surprise me. And I'm gonna give you a, a, a real quick peek behind the curtain here, because you mentioned one thing before you got into this game, and, and that was, you know, could we lose to Mississippi State? Yeah, we're through, we did. But I'll, I'll tell you this. Through two weeks of NCAA, that stands for the uh, American National Collegiate Association of America, I think the (laughs) SEC looks suspect as a whole, as a whole. Week one, you had Utah handling Florida. Uh, You had Georgia only up 17 to nothing over UT Martin. South Carolina lost to North Carolina. LSU got hammered by Florida State. 
we fast forward to week two and Bama loses at home by 10. Tennessee was only up 13 to 6 over Austin P on Saturday. Let's Miami, go, P. Let's go, P. Yeah. Miami beat the brakes off of AM. Kentucky, which I was thinking was the second, possibly third at worst team in the East, only won by 11 over Eastern Kentucky. Uh, Missouri won by four over the team that we beat 69 to seven or 59 to seven in week one, Middle Tennessee State. Mississippi State played Arizona, who I don't think won but one or two games last year and went to overtime with them as a 10 point favorite. And uh, South Carolina was only up 13 over Furman at half. And, and then, of course, Auburn goes in and gets a late touchdown to beat Cal 14 to 10. Cal missed I don't two know what's in, in the second half. Yeah, I was I didn't pay attention to that at all. I just woke up and looked at the score. But uh I don't I don't see anything in those two weeks that's impressive about any of those teams. None. Zero. No, no, for sure. It's uh it's kinda wide open. You know, and another positive is that we're we're still we can if we run the table, we're in the playoffs because we would be eleven and one. 12-1 after Atlanta, that would be uh, no ACC losses. So, you know, we, we can we can turn it around, but I, I, I don't this, – this has – this loss has a much different feel than some of our other losses that you that you mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, who did you pick for right. Tennessee, Florida? Who did you go with? Uh, <laughs> I, I was kind of leaning Florida myself. I, I really okay. think – Tennessee's offense has been suspect. The problem with is, is is Florida's offense disappeared against Utah. Now I will say this: Utah's defense, I think, is pretty good. So you Florida may may run into a little less resistance against Tennessee. But I, I do think it'll be a close game. I think it go either way. I I tend to think the home team has the advantage here. So Tennessee favored, and we're both picking Florida. And if you've been following our betting record, you know to take put all your money on Tennessee. That rolls us into our bets from last week. You went a robust 0-2. I squeaked out 1-1. One one. I had USC winning. Uh, I had a USC as a win, and then Auburn as a loss. You had Wisconsin-Nebraska, loss-loss. I heard that Vegas got demolished on the Nebraska game. Yes, I was – I was. you know, usually the public takes a beating, um, and the public was all over Colorado. Oh, Absolutely. And, and, if if the public's on a game and they win, I can assure you I'm on the other side of it. And that was the case Saturday. And more times than not, that's going to be the right side to be on. It was not on Saturday. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, 26-year-old Tom and Jason win big on that game. <laughs> because we'd have, been all, we'd have been all over Colorado. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. All they right, let's turn it around. Week. Let's get a 4-0 going this week. Who you got game one? Game one, I'm going to do something I hadn't done all year. I'm going to take a total, but I think this is the right time to do it. I like the under in the Georgia-South Carolina game. I think Georgia has been unimpressive with their new quarterback, and and they've played, what does a Ball State and UT Martin in the first two games or yeah. whatever the other game was. They have not played anything, and, and South Carolina – was not impressive uh, as far as losing to North Carolina. They were in that game. But I think South Carolina is still better than people give them credit for. I just don't I don't see this game getting away from them. And I think it'll be relatively close, but I think it'll be low scoring. What is that total? Do you know offhand? 54 and a half. Yeah. 
All right, my first game is going to be they're, – they're giving away free money in Tampa this weekend, Tom. I'm going with South Florida plus 32. I think we win. I think we win easily. But I don't think we I – don't, I don't know we score 32. I mean, 31 to nothing, 31 to 7, nobody's going to complain about that, and neither one of those scores cover. So I'm going South Florida plus 32. Fault you for that. I'm going to go against another big dog myself and take a lot of points. Another team that I don't think has looked overly impressive – even against lesser competition so far this year, Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm going to take Western Kentucky plus the 28 in this game. Um, this this one, yeah, they got no shot at, at pulling the outright upset, but a similar type score could be in the works, as you just said, for South Florida. Well, my last game, hey, I'm going to roll with the public here. Colorado minus 22.5. Shadur Sanders in the Heisman Trophy talks. Travis Hunter, is that his name, Travis Hunter? It is. And the Heisman Trophy talks. So uh, they play Colorado State. I think Dion flexes the, the Colorado muscle and shows Colorado State who is the king of Colorado. And uh, so that wraps it up. That's going to be under 54 and a half, 54, whatever the book's got it on Georgia, South Carolina, South Florida plus 32, Western Kentucky plus 28, Colorado minus 22 and a half. So. Well, it was a uh, it was a good podcast, a good episode. I feel I feel like you and I both got a lot off our chest. Here's to hoping we don't have to talk about another loss this year. Uh, maybe we turn it around, and I, I hope we do. But we've got to get the quarterback position figured out. And as long as we do that, Ole Miss is very beatable, and Mississippi State is very beatable. And we can get if we can get to the break with only one loss, regroup. And uh, we'll be good to go. So, uh, got anything else to add before we sh- shut her down? Unfortunately, no. But I'm I'm hoping that this weekend provides you Bama fans with a lot more joy than it did last week. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully, Monday. Hopefully, next Tuesday, you and I are talking about how we took one and two in the Tampa Hard Rock Seminole Poker Tournament on Friday night because Tom and I are actually going to Tampa and we're not going to the game. So. <laughs> <laughs> that makes about as much sense as a football bat. But anyway, Tom, as always, if you're going to hate Auburn, you have to hate early and hate often. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Take it easy, guys.